0: Mmm. Ah. Oh. We play nice. They play nice. See dear, savers can actually be quite reasonable. This is our home now. So you'll learn to start to call me by my name. Not Marcia, not dear, not honey.
1: Maggie. Maggie Reed.
2: Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast, I am Jason
3: And I'm Karen
2: And this is The Walking Dead cast episode 242 I'm just gonna record that and play it And (laughs) leave out the number I'll never have to say it again
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea This is
2: The Walking Dead cast episode Episode 242
3: 242
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh,
3: then it, it's just like, except it's gonna sound weird if then Duncan starts talking.
2: That's even better. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm Jason. I'm Karen. And this is episode two forty two. this is Duncan. And this um, is
2: Duncan. So I first before we get started, not a big intro today, but I wanted to mention that our first and possibly only Walking Dead cast live performance presentation is coming up in three short weeks here in san francisco can't wait what do you think it's gonna be like
3: um i think it's gonna be awesome is what it's gonna be we're gonna do our thing we're gonna record our stuff we're gonna have drinks with friends it's gonna be fun yeah
2: that yeah i don't know if i mentioned that before probably but there's a couple bars around there so We'll Woo. definitely go have a drink afterwards with whoever wants to come.
3: Or maybe during. <laughs>
2: well, de- I'm definitely going to have one during.
3: I'll have some <laughs> trumer
2: up there. All right. Nice. So if you want to be a part of that, go to deadcastlive.com and you can find tickets and information there. And also, I want to wish a happy birthday today as we're recording this. So it'll be yesterday by the time she hears it. But to Cindy. <gasps> and Petey Sanderson. to Petey Sanderson.
3: Petey Sanderson in.
2: She'll be 57 I believe Happy 57
3: She will not <laughs> I know. She's gonna be she's, like
4: 22 like or something
2: Be happy to hear that
4: <laughs> Alright <laughs> Happy
3: birthday Petey
2: Let's get into it Attention shoppers Deadcast top 5 In 5 four,
4: three, two.
2: Alright, it's Deadcast Top 5 this week It's our Top 5 Highlights for Season 7, Episode 5, Go-Getters
3: Go-Getters Why
2: is it called Go-Getters?
3: Because they're all just a bunch of go-getters, that's why (laughs) Because uh, Simon referred to the folks at Alexandria as a bunch of go-getters Isn't that nice? Yeah so sweet
2: I wouldn't want to get that compliment from him But it just means that they're (laughs) basically toadies And they're doing whatever they say so that's yeah. one side of it. But I think the other side is that uh, Maggie, she's a go-getter this whole episode. She and is. She's just doing what needs to be done, taking care of business. And then Carl is going to go get me, he's a go-getter. Mm-hmm. So is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's why. But anyway, what did you think? What did you think of the episode?
3: You know, it's funny. When I first saw it, I thought, wow, this is kind of similar to last week's episode. But then I watched it again. I liked it more on the second viewing. In some ways, it felt felt a little bit like last week's episode, too, in that the folks from the sanctuary came and sort of, you know, bullied their way around the episode. But in other ways, there was a lot to really enjoy. So there's some forward momentum Mm -hmm. happening. And we had our first mixed episode of other groups coming together not a lot but some I mean the first mm-hmm. in the long long because time because Carl so was in it neat. and
2: Hilltop too mm-hmm. yeah.
3: yeah and and Rick and, and Michonne, Rick and Michonne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there was a lot of stuff to like
2: yeah that, I mean I I felt that it, this, this season is going to be a lot about tyranny and oppression but you can't fun repeat that you know you have to I mean basically the story is Negan's people have are totally dominating everybody but Mm -hmm. if you just had like like last week was the domination of alexandria and that's pretty much all it was that was the that was it we're just going to see what it's like for alexandria now in this new reality and this could have been just the domination of hilltop but i think it 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 wasn't that's not really what it was about that was that's a part of the story now for a little while Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like the whole focus i guess
3: there know. was a lot of other things going yeah, on, like and said. there and there was some fight going on, too, which was right. nice, yeah, so that's kinda neat,
2: yeah, um, I thought the episode you know it had some good moments, but I don't know, there were also some moments that weren't so great, so it was a bit uneven, but it just also didn't feel like it held together that well, or maybe um, uh-huh. the tone was kind of uh dour through all, through a lot of it and the parts that yeah. were supposed to be uplifting for me I think at least some of them were, were the parts that didn't quite work so I came away from it even though I liked individually and I'll talk about what I liked just not think it was one of the better episodes I mean it wasn't horrible but I just you know I didn't love it so I'd give it like I don't know 3.5 or something like we,
3: that We freakily enough we we kind of agree
2: <laughs> yeah, we we mostly uh, have agreed. I would say in the history of this podcast, but- which is really boring.
3: <laughs> what? Sorry, I nodded off there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get into the top five. You, okay? you want to go first? No.
3: <laughs> okay. I've been
2: talking too
3: Fine. much. Fine. I'm going to go first. <laughs> All right. My number five is women, and let's face it, uh, a boy, Carl are getting their fight on. And and maybe I kind of cheated because maybe this was the thing I liked best about the episode, but I'm going to just say it. I thought it was great to see these fierce women. And by women, I'm talking about uh, first and foremost, Maggie, who even on doctor-ordered bed rest, was right there uh, leading...
2: Commandeering (laughs) a
3: Leading the monster truck rally. It was so (laughs) awesome. And then punching Gregory in his stupid mug. I love that. I love that, by the way, this was the second car that she had flattened by her own admission. The first one was uh, a boy at school, and his car was a Camaro, until it wasn't. (laughs) It's so great.
2: I know. I love that.
3: Sasha, also unbelievably great fighter at Hilltop, and she's also, you know, she's there fighting for Maggie and telling Maggie that That she will, um, you know, be with her and take care of her. She's fabulous. And also um, getting Jesus to find out where Negan lives. I mean, that's good stuff, man.
2: Yeah. You're right. I didn't think about this, but Sasha had been very... um, After Tyrese died, she was in bad shape, Mm -hmm. remember? Yeah, oh yeah. She couldn't hang out at the cocktail party and everything. (laughs) She was getting really dark. And now she's, um, she's just with the person you'd most want to have as a friend.
4: Yeah,
3: exactly. She,
2: she's got her act together.
3: She really, really does. And and one thing that I loved was uh, at the end when she was um sharpening her knife. I, I think and and smoking uh Abraham's cigar, which was Fabulous. I
2: I didn't notice that. Yeah.
3: She was smoking That's the cigar cool. that was in his pocket and she was sharp- that was the only thing he had. Yeah, right. She was sharpening her knife. And I was wondering if it was the same knife that we saw her use earlier to eat an apple outside of, of Maggie's door. She was eating an apple or some piece of fruit. And mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, Wow, well, you're stabbing zombies with that knife and then you're using it to <laughs> you know eat a she piece of fruit. She wiped it off. Yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah. It's pretty badass. I'm
3: also going to quickly mention Michonne with her katana. She's totally ready to fight. You can just tell. Yeah, Rosita. Um, she, mm-hmm. you know, in the last episode, she's gathering up her guns and she looks ready to fight. Enid. Okay, so maybe not fighting, but at least supporting. hmm hmm She wanted to. She yeah. wanted to go out and see what was what had become of Maggie. Make sure she's okay. Um, and then in the meantime, you have compare and contrast. You have Rick and Gregory who are all about kneeling down to Negan and, uh, substitute Negan. Uh, so I guess Simon. And, uh, so both of them are all about, uh, you know, where, you know, how exactly should I kneel? Where do you want me to kneel? Um, and it's just so great to see the women like, no, we're, we're doing this man. We're going to fight. And I also have to, you know, shout out to Jesus who helped in the zombie fight and he was wonderful. But, um, It was sort of interesting because nobody else in the hilltop seemed ready to step in when the um, car um, uh, music went off and the gates were opened. They all looked like deer in the headlights, and I think not even the guys that Maggie had ordered to shut the gate—they didn't even—I don't think they're the ones who actually shut the gate. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't see them jump to it. They said they were going to. Yeah, (laughs) they might have just gone inside.
2: Why are? the people we know the only ones out there hilltop seems a little light on people it does <laughs> I think, it does you know it's more of a tv show logistics thing i think you're supposed to feel like there's more people there but it was sort of like well where's all the hilltoppers here
4: yeah you know, right
3: doing? right right i think the guys went inside to like uh, maybe get um a stiff drink first and by the time they were done getting their shot of whiskey uh it was all over that's my that's my guess. <laughs>
2: it was a great episode for women and they took charge and that was awesome. And you know, Carl I always uh think it's cool that he that kid Chandler Riggs wanted to have long hair and that's yeah. why Carl Carl has long hair. Oh I but didn't know it's that. sort of getting to a point where it's like Dude, I think you kind of need a haircut here.
3: (gasps) No, it's so beautiful. It's the most beautiful hair ever. It's kind of ridiculous. I want his hair so bad.
2: It's like he put a lot of um, that shampoo that gives it extra body in it.
3: Mane and tail.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when I was in college and we were out playing volleyball. And this was in the 90s. I don't think this is still totally the thing, but in the late 90s, when you ha- had uh, guys would have their pants kind of pulled down a little bit so you could see their underwear.
3: Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. And, uh huh. Uh huh. And you know that was that was the style and and there were these two guys playing volleyball and one of them his pants got so far down that they were like halfway down his crack <laughs> and the other guy just looked at him and goes, "Dude, pull your pants up." <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what I felt like with Carl. I'm like, yeah, that's cool that. Oh, come on, oh, girl. Pull, like, pull your hair little, up, would you? It's a little little bit much. Uh, I know a lot of people disagree with me on that. But it is no. it is interesting that it's all the women plus the two men who kind of look like women. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Because the they're doing it right. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway, I'm totally kidding about all that. And I do actually think it was great that this was all about the, the ladies.
3: It kind of was. It was yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Well, my number five is specifically about the lead lady, Maggie, who I think really has undergone a transformation in the show. It's been happening slowly, but I think she really turned a corner uh, this episode. Yep. I think Lauren Cohan was really good in it for one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think Maggie, you know, she used to be kind of a softer person and a little more um kind of curious and she's harder now when she's more serious, she's more focused and she's been through a hell of a lot, but she feels like a person who has a lot of clarity, even when that just means like she said to Sasha, you know, uh, about gregory we'll sleep on it and we'll have more clarity in the morning she just seemed really certain that we're going to need to do something about this we're going to need to figure it out we're not going to be figuring it out right now but we will very soon that's kind of what it felt like right yeah so she's she's got it all under control and she was the one who i mean that was the whole point of the episode i think to give them a problem and have her solve it so she's the one who got out there and got that tractor going and was ordering everybody around and to close the gates and um, punched Gregory in the face.
4: Yes.
3: Right. And, <laughs> and can can we can we break that down for just a sec? Because it was such an amazing, amazing moment. And when Gregory says, you know, see, dear, saviors can actually be quite reasonable. And this is right after he tried to rat Maggie and Sasha out. And then Maggie spots Glenn's watch. And I just love that She just punches him right in that Stupid face. Mm-hmm. And it was so He didn't great. do much
2: about it either.
3: No, no. <laughs> yeah. And I love that she says, this is our home now. So you, you learn to start, you, um, you'll learn to start calling me by my name. I'm not Marsha, not dear, not honey, Maggie, Maggie Ree. I mean, it was so great, mm-hmm. bitch, you know.
2: <laughs> and, uh, she gave the prayer at the end.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Do you know what that prayer is? Uh-uh that prayer i want to mention real fast because i thought it was so really beautiful that's when the three of them hold hands around the table and uh, it's ralph waldo emerson's we thank thee and it goes um and by the way i'm going to commit this to memory and say it at thanksgiving because i think it really is good it says um for for this new morning with its light for rest and shelter of the night, for health and food, for love and friends, for everything that goodness sends. Amen. And wow, Ralph Waldo Emerson. It's a, that was a beautiful moment, too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. What? Tell me one thing you're genuinely thankful for.
3: I'm thankful for all those things, for love and health and food and friends and my family. Yeah. I, I just named like six. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Okay. How about you? <clears throat> uh,
2: this new audio interface I'm looking at, <laughs> totally awesome. <laughs> the comfort of my home, mm-hmm. my little son, and my upcoming son coming in January.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Thankful nice. for that. Yep. Yep. We good. We've got good families. Good friends. Yeah.
2: So back to Maggie. So Jesus said that blue flowers inspired strength and calm. And Mm -hmm. that's what she projected throughout this whole episode. Yeah. And then he said, green is release. And I liked that right when he said that she kind of let go a little bit. A a sob came out.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lovely moment.
2: And I was thinking, uh, so what, what motivated all this? She just lost Glenn. But I think the thing that's totally crucial to all of this, that it would be completely different if this didn't happen was that she did not lose the baby. Right. She didn't lose little Glenn. Yep. Like when Sasha said, it feels like everything is wrong. She said, not everything. Yeah. And, and I think being uh, pregnant, if not for that, she might just be suicidal, but now she's like, okay, I'm going to make the most of this world and I'm going to f- shape it the way that I want it to be for good my, for her for my kid. I, I, Lauren Cohan, she's been in a couple movies lately. Um, She's one of the ones that I sometimes wonder if she might get restless and want to leave the show and (laughs) go do movies. Right. But but I wonder if this storyline, I bet it would be a motivation for her to stick around, you know?
3: Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. If it happens that she does take charge, which, you know, all uh it looks like that's where this is going
2: yeah that's kind of what jesus was not very subtly hinting at right
3: yes exactly exactly Side eye
2: glances and stuff so yeah if that right. happens you'll you'll be happy
3: i will and i think that would be an amazing thing for her the actress that's a pretty cool challenge
2: yeah yeah it changed her character that makes sense based on what's happening so that's yep. cool all right that's my number five what's your number four
3: Okay, my number four is the scene with the AMC gremlin. By the way, get that? AMC? I mean, I don't know why if that's really why they picked a gremlin, but Mm -hmm. since the AMC network and it's an AMC gremlin, that's what I thought, personally. Anyway, I love that whole scene with blaring music and the, the gate is open and the zombies come marching one by one. So great. Yeah, da, da, apparently, they like. That would
2: be good if that was the music.
3: <laughs> they like classical music, evidently. It was such a fun little scene. It was weird because it felt.
2: They're oh. not picky.
3: No, they They'll will come towards pretty, pretty much towards pretty pretty anything. For, for anything. Oh, Rap, horn? Metal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can play your more, horn. Right, just a horn. <laughs> oh, noise. <laughs> so, I loved it. I love the armored windows that apparently yeah. the sanctuary. Although, you know, it's funny. I guess it's the saviors that did this, but it wasn't 100% yeah. clear. Or did
2: Simon just take credit for it?
3: Cause yeah. He did.
2: He did yeah. I,
3: he did seem kind of confused like Yeah. What? <gasps> and I
2: was confused because he seemed confused. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I think it was them, but it's hard to yeah. tell for sure. Yeah.
3: And I loved the um monster tractor rally.
2: it seemed like them because you mentioned the yes, the metal grate over the windows and but then also the the finger, yes, kind of, the,
3: the back, yeah, <laughs> keeping
2: it closed. that was I mm-hmm. love that.
3: yes, I love that too. <laughs> it was like, oh, damn it, And it kind of looked like they confirmed it later,, uh, but then it made me think, well, where were the guards? Where are the guards of the of the hilltop community? I How know. did they just waltz right in?
2: They're all they went away back home for Thanksgiving.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's what happens on long weekends. It's it's yeah. easier it's like to break into compounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was also strange why why Maggie and Sasha were locked into their house. That was kind of weird, too. Oh yeah. Weird, right?
2: Yeah, what what is up with that? I mean, some yeah. kind of protection from Gregory, maybe?
3: And then, yeah, strange. But then you saw Jesus slide down a banister. And that's because, I mean, theoretically, it's because he couldn't get out the door.
2: Yeah, the hatches are battened down. I don't know.
3: Maybe they locked all the doors before. Like, they sort of quietly locked all the doors. And then they uh, set up the gremlin and then um, opened the gates and and blared the music. I don't know. Weird.
2: There's something we missed and I don't think we should dwell on it because it just showcases our ignorance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But listeners,
3: I think this whole podcast showcases our ignorance personally. You know what was going on there?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was my number four too. the tractor scene. I liked it. I don't know. I guess because this episode was sort of uneven. I'm like, do I like this? But I do, especially when the tractor started running over the zombies.
3: Yes, was like, this yes. kind of awesome. Yes, a new way to kill zombies. Just when you think you've seen everything, <laughs> yeah. there's a monster tractor running over zombies. Exactly. And it was pretty great. They, had, they yeah. gave a, a satisfying smush. <laughs> um, it was weird because it seemed like the the tractor uh, looked smaller, then larger, then smaller, and then larger again. Uh, and I know that was just like tricks of perspective, hmm. but at first I thought, well, it's a normal-sized tractor. And then I'm like, oh, my God, the wheels are huge. It uh, seemed to change size, but maybe that was just me.
2: Hmm. It's like hobbits.
3: (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) So I saw that some listeners were saying, or at least one person was saying that they didn't believe the tractor would do that. So I just looked it up, tractor smashing cars, and this YouTube video came up with all these police cars smashed by a tractor. So apparently it is actually possible to smash a car with a tractor like that.
3: Yeah, oh yeah
2: and then that was a
3: and and they had a little thing on the talking dead about how they did that scene that was an actual gremlin they had taken out some of the innards but basically that was the shell of a gremlin that they really did smash
2: and Maggie and Lauren Cohan actually got pregnant and then drove it
4: just kidding
3: (laughs) she's very method um
2: yeah. <laughs> by Stephen Young, no. Uh so the classical music was by Sibelius. It's called Finlandia. It's a tone poem used to bolster Finland's pride in the eighteen hundreds when the country was under Russia's authority. So it's sort of apropos, and I think either Negan's guys didn't know that or more likely they just have a sadistic sense of humor, which I think is actually kinda cool. Let's play this song of the oppressed as we oppress you. <laughs> 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 I thought also that it, it was cool to watch Jesus and Sasha in action during that scene, especially when Jesus had his occasional Kung Fu kick. Yes. Kung Fu fighting the zombies.
3: I also like that, uh, Sasha nearly brained him. Uh, but he was yeah. like, Oh
4: wait, <laughs>
2: I mean that you, that would happen in the, in the ZA that would have to happen occasionally. Oh yes. Cause yeah. your first instinct is to just stab to the head yes <laughs> the exactly
3: yeah. exactly oh, people shit. I, sorry oh sorry mm-hmm. don't sorry. sneak up on
2: people Mm-mm. yeah you oh that that's true you would really need to have an, a very concerted effort not to ever sneak up on anybody anymore
3: oh yeah you want to like put bells on people. That game
2: when you uh, go up and say, boo, that would not be funny anymore.
3: No, because you're just asking to be Katana.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially don't do it to Michonne. Okay, right. <laughs> now it's time for your number three.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not dead yet. Okay. Um I have uh, along with all of these compliments. I do have two criticisms, but they're really not well one's criticism one's more like huh help me help me understand this scene. So the first one is um the sanctuary guys are still kind of driving me nuts. The the giant clown trucks where a million of these guys jump out <laughs> and they all kind of stand around and and look kind of like brutes. And um and then Simon is sort of um is sort of a Negan. You know, he smiles and he's got big, shiny, white, white, white teeth. And he's menacing and cartoony and, uh, but under, you know, just he just seems like a big jerk. So that's my my one smaller criticism. My other, it's not really a criticism, it's more like I didn't quite understand it. The Carl and Enid stuff, it was sort of a little puzzling. So what I didn't understand is Enid is on the bike and she comes across a zombie She looks scared and acts helpless. And I'm thinking, no, no, Enid, you're on a bike. You're really, actually, and you're a very powerful, we've seen her dispatch zombies before with no trouble. So she sort of freaks out when she sees blood on the road and there's a zombie lurching for her slowly. And then all of a sudden, uh, Carl to the rescue, um, bad driver, Carl, also pretty bad at darts. And um, he, you know... uh, gets that zombie and then gets the other zombie and then tells so okay that's weird and then they start walking he t- and he tells her by the way i was just out for a drive and apparently she bought that of course he's not out for a drive of course he's following you dummy so then they start walking and i think you've got a perfectly well not a perfectly good car a smashed up car you can looks like you can keep driving i mean the roll down windows still worked and you've got a bicycle and and yet you've chosen to keep walking, even though it's pretty clear that that she can't, um, that Enid can't really take care of herself all that well. Sort of, It's sort of strange. So they ditch the car, ditch the bicycle, they're walking, and then they find roller skates, so they start roller skating. Also, not very well. Then they get to the saviors, and then I assume they're not still on roller skates when they're kissing, in sight of the saviors. And I'm thinking, stop that, children. <laughs> I mean kiss get it on yay but not when the saviors are right there next to you and yeah i had a lot of questions about that can you help me why would they would leave a perfectly good car and bicycle in the back yeah
2: can you just quickly like each one of those points go back and just remind me that like what was the first one you said (laughs)
3: because i kept talking no it's okay it's okay but
2: (laughs) i think i'm mostly going to agree with you but i just want to weigh in on because so my number enid. three is actually carl and enid too so i can just do it this way so it was the first i one. like
3: it so enid enid being helpless in, yeah. in the face of a zombie that
2: is really stupid next no Thanks. i'm just kidding i mean it was <laughs> because but i think the whole point was oh we need to manufacture this scene where carl comes to negan's rescue uh can't be a whole bunch of zombies because how's he gonna help with that so it's just gonna have to be one and, yeah, let's ramp up the music and make it seem like Enid's afraid. And, and uh, yeah, I just thought uh, it's just another one of those cases where it's really hard to keep finding new ways to make zombies feel threatening, especially to people who have a lot of experience dealing with them. We already know Enid's one of the ones she kept leaving Alexandria and she kind of knows how to get around. So I thought that was pretty, pretty weak.
3: Yeah. And why why leave the car and the bike behind?
2: Well, I think Go. he smashed up the car. Uh, yeah, he, he rammed did, it into but the pole. It
3: seemed like it was still drivable.
2: That's what I thought because otherwise I thought they would be driving it if if he didn't cuz it did they did make a point to show that it smashed into that thing, but I don't know. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Hard to tell for sure.
3: But the bicycle, the bicycle. Um one of the best tools the in bike? the zombie apocalypse. You Enid oh. had the bike. She was riding the bike.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just because both of them couldn't be on the bike.
3: <laughs> have they not seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid?
2: That that would have the most been pretty funny if... That could have been an, a scene instead of the skating, just to have her riding on the handlebars or something.
3: Yes, exactly. Or riding him on the handlebars. I mean... It's a door that <laughs> yeah, could have been adorable. Maybe
2: I don't know. I'm skeptical because the skating I thought was a great idea But it just didn't totally work the way I think they wanted it to which was to have it be a moment of lightness between them and I wonder why I think It might be partly because of the music which I thought was really interesting and enjoyable, but I don't know if it was evoking the right mood I think it could have been it was kind of weird techno yeah anyway that that scene but what was the next one
3: um well pretty much that's about it 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 seemed it seemed uh kind of oh and she didn't believe him or she believed him when he said i was just out for a drive
2: oh yeah I'm
3: thinking, so
4: i no you I, weren't
2: yeah because he said um oh i was just out for a drive and that was very obviously a quip right and so <laughs> right? when later when she said you weren't out taking a drive. You were coming to get me It's like, <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> then I wondered if maybe she said you weren't coming to get me like, cause she said that right when he l- was looking and saying, Oh, Negan's not here. His big black truck isn't here. And then it was clear that he was really there to try and find Negan. And so she, maybe she was saying you weren't taking a drive and you weren't coming to get me. I think that might be what it was. Which makes a okay. little more sense, right? Where she realizes, not only were you not taking a drive, but you also weren't coming to get me. You were just trying to find Negan. So that might be what that was. I'm not sure. But it really did sound uh, like she was okay. saying, you were, you were coming to get me. So <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Um, and then the kiss, I actually, I thought the kiss was nice. Um, the kiss was sweet. Yeah, it was yeah. sweet. It, and was, you know- it was a little like awkward, but they're teenagers. and
3: Hey, you know, that's... I'm telling you, there's not that many teenagers left in the world. I'm pro snogging. But <laughs> I'm anti snogging in sight of the saviors.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. But I'm just saying yeah, that you might have a point there. I, I just think that <laughs> some people didn't like the kiss, but I thought it was okay. No,
3: the kiss was sweet. Um, oh my god.
2: And yeah. I and you know, they're they're there with their foreheads against each other. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah. And I think a nice. lot of girls will hate enid even more now because because <laughs> chandler riggs he's very Teen well Idol. Loved. yeah he's like yeah. the fifth beetle um
3: and, and by the way that wasn't the only sweet kiss in the um in the episode there was another sweet kiss between oh i and know Sean. that was really and that was great. nice yeah you know he tries to just give her a quick peck on the cheek and she's like no baby we're 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 kissing yeah it was nice because
2: he He's feeling ashamed and, uh-huh. and, you know, just sort of uh, preoccupied. and
3: He's down. Yeah,
2: and she's like, He's... I want to really give you a good kiss here and be connected and show you that uh-huh. I'm still with you and be and present in the moment together. yeah Yep, and, that was yeah, nice. I that was really nice. And, you know, it just makes me realize more and more that... It's just, there was just something about that, the way that initial scene with them was staged that made me not like it because now I think they seem totally natural together. So, yep. and that's good. So, um, also things I did like about Carl and Enid, aside from the kiss, I liked when she said, uh, he goes, you're walking to the hilltop. It's far. She's like, I'll be fine. I've better aim than you. I'm like, man, <laughs> that's a low blow,
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it was funny. And then she said, I didn't mean it that way, but...
4: What other way could
3: she have meant it? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Then the other thing I liked is I love that Jesus and Carl are in the back of that truck going to (gasps) Negan's.
3: Yes.
2: And that Carl wants to go kill him. I think that's actually a great storyline for Carl.
3: Yes. I completely agree. Completely agree.
2: And seeing Carl, he's kissing a girl, he's going off to try and kill the guy that killed his friends and fucked with his dad. It's really great to have been with him since he was just a little kid on this show. Yes. And now, you know, this storyline makes sense for him because he's a teenager and he's becoming a man.
3: Yeah, but I don't know how he intends to pull this off. Fortunately. Right.
2: I'm not saying it's smart. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he has he has MacGyver with him in the form of right. Jesus. And and uh, hopefully Jesus will keep him safe.
2: Yep. I'm sure that <laughs> sentence has been spoken a lot of times before. All right.
3: <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel.
2: <laughs> keep me safe. It's time for a little break. Let's talk about our first sponsor. That's Fracture.
3: Fracture. I love me a Fracture. They are a company that prints your photos in vivid color directly onto glass. And they're so beautiful. They make your photos look amazing. And it's really easy to do it. It's the easiest thing ever. You don't even have to leave your house. It's affordable. It's And it's incredibly beautiful. We have five of them in, in our house. I counted them up and... Uh, we have a one of venice a picture that david took we have one a, of a grapevine in israel We have one of new york of the highline park We have one of san francisco the waterfront and we have one of a vineyard in saint helena
2: all over So it's that's good. It's different places. It's all the See, places. We traveled Yeah it, it, you probably should leave your house to take the pictures, but then you don't have to leave your house. Or you can just have <laughs> fractures of your house. Like you could take a picture of your refrigerator and stick it on your fridge.
4: On your fridge.
3: <laughs> and then you can have a picture of a fridge on your fridge, on your fridge. Yeah. And get very meta, people.
2: Right. Because they have all different sizes. So you can get a big, giant one yeah, yep. and then get a slightly smaller one and stick it on there.
3: I like the ones where uh, you've got <laughs> where where you get like little ones and you have a whole f- sort of theme of them going on. I think that's really neat. They make yeah, they make fantastic yeah. gifts. So
4: it is
2: good, yeah, because like it, they're great if you just put a few along the mm-hmm. wall. You can get different sizes and make them in a neat pattern or just like have all the same, like three of the same size all together. And maybe it's your three children or, Uh you know, different pictures of your family or like, Karen, you've done different places that you've been. It really, really is a beautiful way to decorate your house.
3: And it's super personal. And Mm. like I said, fantastic gifts. And their, their website has some really great style ideas. And their blog has a whole article on how to take better photos. I recommend reading that before Thanksgiving because you're probably going to want to take some pictures at Thanksgiving and this tells you how to take better ones. It's, it's a great website and it's um, a terrific product. So go to fractureme.com podcast and select The Walking Dead cast to let them know where you heard about them and get 10% off if it's your first order. That's FractureMe.com slash podcast and pick The Walking Dead cast. Thanks, Fracture.
2: Thank you, Fracture. Okay, what's your number two?
3: Okay, so my number two is sort of along that same theme of the surprise ending. I love that. Now, I mean, we've been sort of keeping the same general theme of, okay, the, the um, saviors are in their bullying mode. And nothing's nothing's happening to fight them. And now we see the first inkling of rebellion. And that is we know that Jesus is in the truck and he samples the scotch and then pours the rest of it out as a big mm. middle finger to Negan. <laughs>
2: and by the way, we I got a note from Lucy from Scotland who said she used to work at that factory <gasps> where they make that. She did whiskey tours. She led <laughs> whiskey tours.
3: Oh my god, that's that is so cool. cool. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Sorry he poured out um, the beautiful scotch.
2: Yeah, it that- was good that he took a swig first, though. He's a yes. smart guy.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I love that all of a sudden there's Carl saying, Hey. And the look on Jesus's face was fantastic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Carl um, may be bad at driving, but is evidently good at sneaking onto trucks.
2: When he said, Hey, I was like, Oh, it's a savior. That's yes. my first thought. Me too. <laughs>
3: me too. It was a great surprise. I loved it. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> okay. My number two is Gregory, who is a total sleaze and <laughs> I mean beyond belief. And yes. I think he's doing well. Some people don't like the way he's acting it. I think the actor's doing well and yeah. he's really interesting. But the character is a little hard to believe for me because he's such a a sleaze bag and he's not i mean he he tries to be a little charming offering preserves or rhubarb pie or whatever it was yes but um it it doesn't work you know his sleaziness is just oozing forth for everyone to see and he seems weak and it's just hard for me to believe that he would have risen to be the leader of that place yeah and Jesus says something like, you know, when I got here, he was already the leader. I thought they chose him, but it seems like he just assumed. Yeah, yeah. became the leader. I forget what it right. was, but like it just happened. I think that's what he said. And I'm like, how, how did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Like, is it believable?
3: That he would be the leader? Yeah. He's all full of hot air. He's very pompous and he sort of struts around that big house and, and when it comes down to fighting he has other people fight his fights for him so yeah it's totally believable yeah I just
2: see he doesn't inspire like to me you know if you're going to be a leader you need to motivate and you do that either by uh, being inspirational like with hope or you know or uh, something to strive for like hey let's 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 build our society into this, you know, and Mm -hmm. or by fear, if you don't follow me, then you're going to be in big trouble because of all these dangers that are all around. And I don't see him necessarily doing either. He's just yeah. like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I still like the character in and of itself. I'm just not sure, I believe. Uh, I mean, I love how sleazy he is. He calls everybody the wrong name. He calls Maggie Marsha, and he calls Rick Rich, and then later yes. Reg. Um,
3: he thinks Sasha is somebody who's already there. He thinks that yeah, she's one. Yeah, who is one- he's pretty sure she's you know just mind your own business and go back to what you were doing and she's like what come on man. I, I,
2: the thing i was thinking too is i i if i was the leader i would probably be forgetting people's names too because i'm really bad at that <laughs> <laughs> he took glenn's watch off of his great a grave yeah it's pretty come disrespectful on. um also though i you know him wanting to get Sasha and Maggie out of there I don't think it's very noble but I also don't totally blame him because he's right that if the saviors find them there it's going to be trouble and for his people that he's supposed to be protecting and um so you know the probably the solution is to just hide him really good but yeah I, I don't blame him for wanting to to do something uh but then you know I thought oh he's going to give him up and then it ends up being the scotch and i love that scene so much because <laughs> you can see great. how hard it was to give that up yes you know and i i'm like yeah i could like he didn't even want to give the one bottle up and then it ended up being the whole case like, yes. buck.
3: Buck. <laughs> come on and, and to simon who said that it tastes like what was it uh Windex and bathwater
2: yeah, or something like that. he doesn't even appreciate it.
4: No, he Asshole. sure doesn't. And
2: I was I was worried he was even going to just like break the whole case of Scotch like they burn up those mattresses. Um but he wanted to take it back to Negan from Browning Point. So then I'm like, okay, cool. At least Gregory's not such a sleaze bag that he's going to give these women up. And then and then it turns out he was actually trying to do that. And I thought, <laughs> yes. Well, would that be a good idea because I think he wants to like not show that they have any association with rick's people and so how is he going to explain that they're there and much less they will talk themselves oh yeah i think it was actually it was a good thing for him that that they weren't there because yes it would have been bad for hilltop
3: agreed and it would it's a good thing that there was scotch in there what if he opened up the closet and there was nothing then like, you look here, like a jackass. Yeah. Right. <laughs> here, I've got this really this really special coat hanger for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That,
2: yeah. But I I do like Simon. One reason why I like him probably is I'm a little predisposed because the actor plays this great psycho character in Garantheft uh, Theft Auto 5 that's oh. totally awesome. And I just um, like Stephen Ogg, And he's also in Westworld. He has like a bit part in Westworld.
3: Does he really?
2: Yeah. What does he play? Uh, see, I, I still need to get caught up on that show. but
3: um, uh, We just watched last week's. So it was amazing. You haven't me. seen it? You haven't seen it? Oh, I'm
2: yeah, like four, really four episodes behind. So it's really, really totally good. But he, he, I think he was only in the first few episodes. He was like one of the cowpokes or something. Okay. <clears throat> so I love him. All right. What's your number one?
3: That was actually Gregory trying to rat out maggie and sasha that was my number one because it was such a great scene and it was so tense i knew that they weren't in that closet uh but it was going to be funny to see how he was going to handle it and it was great that it it was his bottles of scotch (laughs) i
2: mean he could if yeah you see the scotch there that's pretty much going to have to be it you can't pick anything else out of the closet
4: oh
3: nope Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what? No, that's, that's, you don't want that scotch. Here, have this, have have this mop. (laughs) Uh,
2: Okay. My number one is remembrances. This show is always, there's always the ghosts of people hanging around. And just seeing Maggie, I was feeling sad about Glenn being gone. You know, I never. Fully like I don't know that's Going to be hitting me for a long time And I even had this thought like What couldn't it did it have to be Glenn Why couldn't it have been Maggie which is horrible I know but
3: <laughs> you are a Bad bad person <laughs> if, they, if it had to Be one, <laughs> I <laughs> well, mean She's I pregnant
2: <laughs> also I know I know but I just like you know Glenn's my favorite I know and He was my favorite too so now um, Herschel's watch is There and that's extra hard For Maggie because it's her dad's and her ex-husband's, or her husband's. Not her Fun
3: ex-husbands. fact, on The Talking Dead, they said that the watch has changed hands after Herschel seven times. Do you want to hear? Yeah. I have the I have the order. Okay. So after Herschel, Herschel gave it to Glenn. Glenn lost it to the, the Terminus dude, Alex, in Terminus. Rick got it back. Sasha had it. Then Maggie. Then Gregory got it off the grave. And then Maggie got it back and gave it to Enid. That is a traveling watch, my friend.
2: I wonder yeah, it'll probably I bet you it'll stick around for the rest of the series.
3: I hope so. I hope it becomes a thing Passed because around. it's been it's been around for a long, long time, yeah. And don't forget
2: it was up Herschel's ass for thirty years before
4: that. <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> um what else? Maggie had said of that picture of of Glenn, was it? I won't need this to remember you by or maybe it was of the both this
3: picture of her he took a picture of her sleeping So it's a good thing. She doesn't still have it.
2: Yes, and she said I won't need this to remember you by and now they're talking about in hilltop they burn their dead because They don't need anything to remember them by they remember them by the people who are left which I think is sort of a play on the old walking dead theme of honoring the dead by carrying on their spirit rick talked about that when dale died how we honor him is you know we keep our humanity well he didn't yeah. stick with that very long but still you right get the idea so i think that's why she gave the watch to enid she's just like i'm gonna remember glenn because he's i don't need that he's just with me all the time and yes. i'm gonna make him proud and also she's got another thing to remember him by her little baby
3: you know, though, I, it would have been nice if she kept the watch to give to the baby yeah. because that's a watch that, you know, it was her dad's and it was also the baby's father's and wouldn't the baby have liked that, Josiah?
2: Like, I kind of think so, too, actually, yeah. I mean, there was another thing about green being a sign of release. Yes. And so that might have had something to do with letting it go and yeah. she was looking at the green balloons and her last name is Green. It's all connected somehow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thanks for tying that all together.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but and then I was just thinking about how many people these women have survived. S- Sasha survived Tyrese, oh, Bob, yeah. and now Abraham, and probably yep. others. And mm-hmm. Maggie has survived Herschel, Beth, oh, yeah. and her whole family, her mom, and I think she had brothers. Yep. And uh, and Glenn,
3: her whole big community, yeah,
2: farmer clan.
3: Yep.
4: And
2: All right. So that was my number one. Do you have any notes?
3: I do. I have a couple notes. This is a weird one. I read today that the name of the doctor, I didn't catch this before, but the name of the doctor at at the hilltop is Dr. Carson. Yeah. The name of the doctor at the sanctuary is Dr. Carson.
2: Yep.
3: What is up with that?
2: So Dr. Carson is at hilltop is Harlan Carson. And his brother is Emmett. And that's <gasps> the doctor at Savior. They're and brothers. I'm guessing is when Simon or Negan came over to Hilltop to take half, well, one of those doctors was part of that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Were they doctors? conjoined? Or, yeah. <laughs>
2: Just chop, chop them in half and take one.
3: <laughs> They're brothers. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Did we know that from the show or do you know that from the comic?
2: I know that from the Walking Dead TV show Wikipedia. So I don't know if that's been made explicit in the show. Now that you mentioned it, I assumed it had since it was on the wiki. Okay. But I don't know for sure.
3: Um, That was my only note.
2: Okay. A couple of things for me. The first scene, Maggie opened her eyes and saw flowers. I thought that was sort of reminiscent of Rick coming out of his coma except yeah. you know Shane had left flowers and right. they were all old by the rotten. way
3: did you notice her eyes are green
2: no they're
3: green and they were very very green she opened her eyes I'm like wow she has very pretty green eyes
2: she's really pretty the last thing that Lauren Cohan <laughs> said to me was um, it's pronounced Alana because I was pronouncing Alana's name Elena during a panel <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I felt so bad. I'm like, oh Lauren Cohan hates me now. <laughs>
3: Lauren Cohan really hates you, but she has very pretty green eyes.
2: That's right. And she was I could see that as she was admonishing me. I was just star- staring into those <laughs>
4: eyes.
3: <laughs> those eyes filled with scorn. I know. <laughs>
2: She said it pretty nicely, but anyway. <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. So the thing that she had was abruptio placentae, which is the separation of placenta from the uterus. Ouch! And uh, it's if the fetus is less than 36 weeks old when this happens, then basically you just have to rest and be monitored until either a change in your condition or you give birth. And it says approximately 12% of fetuses affected by this die. And without any form of medical intervention then there's a high maternal mortality rate but now she has Dr. Carson
3: she's got one of the Dr. Carsons yeah
2: hopefully it's probably not the best one because I think the saviors would take the better doctor but hopefully they were about even
3: he seemed nice
2: (laughs) he did yeah and then uh, the other doctor said something good about the saviors too but he's just been indoctrinated (laughs) <laughs> uh, I didn't mean that as a pun but um, <laughs> and then uh, let's see what else oh no that's it yeah well I, I just also thought it was notable that the reason why Maggie is so settled in at Hilltop is because the doctor said you need to stay here until the baby's born and be close by so so that's why yeah. they're like okay we live here now
3: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's pretty nice there anyway I wouldn't want to go back
2: <laughs> Yeah.
3: it's kind of a downer There's over a there
2: Crap going on over there. All right. Uh, Aaron and Rick are going off for supplies, which I hope we get to see that because I want to see more Aaron and I'd like to see Aaron with Rick.
4: Yes.
3: And, and I, 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 yeah, I love Aaron so much. Yeah. So, yes. That'd be cool. Cheer up, Rick, would you?
2: <laughs> Jesus, I still, I'm liking Jesus. Um, I don't totally buy that he wouldn't step up and lead because he seems so capable but when the subject came up he just said it's not me I'm not a leader and then he said I just try to help. Right after he said I just try to help he gave Sasha the necklace that Rosita made for Abraham so I don't think that was much help but I guess he probably didn't know.
3: He didn't know. Here (laughs) I just tried to help here Here. this is your dead ex-boyfriend's (laughs) ex-girlfriend's necklace that he dropped (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> but uh <No. laughs> he you know i don't know he he i like that he was standing up to gregory and he's he's going to be a change agent here he's going to try and sure. install maggie or maybe maggie and sasha as the leaders but uh he uh let's see gregory said something like all this can be yours only you'd have to stick around for a few minutes and be a part of this place so just maybe he's just too restless he needs to move around too much and he can't be counted on to be solid in one place or something I don't know
3: also can I mention a fan theory that was brought up last night on The Talking Dead yeah of course but yeah so um, this was brought up brought up by Kevin Smith by the way who said he was noticing that Gregory's eyes and Jesus's eyes look very similar and the theory was are they somehow maybe father son
2: somehow as in
3: Are they? (laughs) As in, are they? Uh, (laughs) I I would doubt that. I mean,
2: Jesus said he was already the leader when he got there, so.
3: Oh, yeah. That would discount that theory. I mean,
2: unless, you know, he just happened to find his dad, but.
3: But anyway, that was Kevin Smith's, hey, that was Kevin Smith's theory.
2: (laughs) He was on Talking Dead? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Yeah, along with uh, the actor who plays Gregory and the actor who plays Jesus. Nice. Yes. Oh this guy he's, he's good lord oh, with that with that british accent tom Payne.
2: we in nashville we we were uh all at a bar the night before uh-huh. the, the panels and stuff or the convention and he was drinking and just holding court and having fun talking to different people and I don't remember what I said, but I went up and I go, I'm doing your panel tomorrow, and he's like, all right. Go, I'm going to say, "Who loves Jesus?" and he loved that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really fun.
4: Just Did
3: you do it? Did you say y-
2: that? Y- yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was a great panel. He's awesome.
3: He does seem like he's very charismatic. I could. Mm-hmm. I, he's my new favorite character to watch yeah not, la- not just because he's easy on the eyes.
2: No, he's, he's got a good energy to him. He does. And he knows Kung Fu, so that's really mm-hmm.
3: cool. <laughs> Appreciate that.
2: All right, that's enough of that. Let's take a little break. <laughs> There's it. more to come. Stay, Stay right with us. And I
3: can take
4: you for a ride
2: on my big green tractor. We can go slow or make it go faster. Down through the woods and out to the pasture. Long as I'm with you. It really don't matter Climb up in my lap and drive if you want to Girl, you know you got me to hold on to We can
4: go to town, but baby, if you'd rather I'll take you for a ride on my big green track.
2: Finding great new wine is really tough, and that's why we have been telling you about our sponsor Club W and how they make it easy to get wine personalized to your particular taste and also conveniently delivered right to your door. But here's a little update for you. Club W is now called Wink, and it's spelled W-I-N-C. Did you know that?
3: Yeah, we said it last time.
2: Oh, OK. <laughs> well, they have a new name and then a new improved look, but it's everything else is the same. It's the same amazing wine company. And they their focus is to introduce you to new wines that you'll love. I have been using them for a while now and I've found, you know, I, I lo- just like with a nature box. I like to uh, explore different things, but also when I find my favorites, I'll get that I'll get one of those every time just Uh to know I have a for sure one. Me too. So this Cabernet Sauvignon called Chop Shop. Have you tried that one? (gasps) Yes. That's my favorite one. Yep. (laughs) It's kind of peppery and it's got a little orangey and plummy in there. Uh And then there's another one. It's a blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Voignet called Wildest Dreams. Oh, I haven't tried that one. It's really refreshing and it's kind of got a honey taste, but not too heavy. So. Those are my two favorites, and I'll get one or both of those every time and then try something different. But they have a ton of different choices. They work directly with the winemakers and growers from all over the world to create this wine and deliver it right to your door. They have a 100% selection varying guarantee, so that means that if you don't like a bottle they send to you, they'll replace it with a bottle you'll love. No questions asked. That's kind great. of amazing, right?
3: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would think if someone's on the fence and they heard that, they might go, "Oh, okay, I'll give this a try," because it's like I'm for sure going to get one that I like. You don't just get sent any random bottle; it's a personalized wine membership. So they recommend wine specifically based on the results of this palette profile quiz. You take a six. Question quiz about your tastes and then they'll send you the wines that they think fits that and you can rate the wine that you receive so that further refines your um, logarithm or whatever so that they know Mm -hmm. better what wines to send you if you sign up right now you get immediate access to all this fine wine from all around the world and you can find out for yourself why Karen and I and thousands of other satisfied wine lovers are raving about wink Another good gift, by the way, is sending wine to people. That's kind of a <gasps> Oh my god, that's a great thing, idea. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not an everyday gift, but I think you know who in your life might really appreciate that. The best part is they're offering you guys twenty dollars off right now when you go to Trywink.com slash deadcast. They even cover the shipping. So you get fine wine personalized to your palate, delivered right to your door, twenty dollars off, complimentary shift. Being right now when you go to trywink.com slash deadcast that's try slash deadcast
3: thank you Thanks, wink.
0: wink obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens the people it kills get up and kill. T- are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this
1: is a walking deadcast news update all
2: right just a couple of little things First, Millie Bobby Brown played Eleven in Stranger Things. Remember her?
3: Yep, loved her.
2: At a recent Comic-Con, she said, There's this one show I just want to be on so badly. I've tried everything to get on The Walking Dead. I don't even care (gasps) if I'm a zombie. What? (laughs) So she she wants to go on The Walking Dead. That'd be cool.
3: No, she just wants to meet Chandler Riggs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And try to bite him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. She should be able to get on. I've that heard a show. lot of
2: people say that. Yeah. Well, there were um the back some of the Backstreet Boys and In Sync did a zombie movie called The Dead Seven. I think. Yes. And so some of them were at um, Walker Stalker, and they they played a song on stage. It was pretty awesome. Like I was never into boy bands, but standing there, you can't help but get into it. And <laughs> yeah. Then Joey Fatone. Yeah, was in I think in sync. Uh, uh-huh. He he or was where. like, "Anybody here from Walking Dead? I want to be on the show." Or oh, the loudspeakers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
2: that was pretty good. Okay, next. Apparently, Chandler Riggs' dad William recently posted on Facebook: "Quote, seven-year contract completed. Grateful to AMC cast and crew, TWD fanpace, and especially Chandler." For always being 100% dedicated. What? Well, apparently Chandler's (laughs) seven-year contract has been completed. And in my opinion, that is a negotiating tactic.
4: Oh. I
2: don't know. Or, you know, it could just be a celebration. But, you know, when when, uh, you're on a show, I think seven years is actually a pretty standard contract. And then once that's over, it's renegotiation time. Yep. And that's when you read a lot about disputes or people getting let go or, you know, on a show like Walking Dead, it's really interesting because they have a really easy way to write characters off.
3: Yes, they do. (laughs) And he is going to the sanctuary. He's on his way to and he's missing an eye.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think he'll be fine. But um, I it makes me wonder about everyone because. Well, I guess there aren't a lot of people who've been on the show for seven years anymore, are there? There's Norman Reedus, uh, Carol, Andrew Lincoln, uh, Melissa McBride, Andrew Lincoln, and and uh, Carl. I think that's it. Four of them.
3: Yeah. We yeah. When, when when did we meet uh, Lauren Cohen?
2: Season two. On okay. the farm. Yeah. So farm, and I bet right. you Melissa McBride I, she didn't get like full star status until later on so maybe they started a new contract with her then i don't know how that works. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway,
3: wow i'm sure they'll be fine
2: he'll be fine yes don't
3: worry. that's a that's a really <laughs> funny statement though okay we're good now bye
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you okay next for the upcoming critics choice award jeffrey dean morgan was nominated for best guest performer in a drama series for the season six finale so congratulations oh.
3: Wow, that, you mean, I mean, he wasn't on very long, was he?
2: I think that's the point. It's just a, this award is best guest performer. So it's just yeah. like one ep- one episode, people. Yeah.
3: Quickly come in, say industry rhyme. And then get and an then award. Then, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then finally, Scott Gimple on comicbook.com, they asked him about a Walking Dead movie, if there would ever be one. He said, that question comes up every now and again. I'm sure one way or another, one day, it'll happen. I think it would be cool.
4: Of
3: course there will. You think so? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes.
2: Then he goes on to say, William Shatner as Rick will get Edward James almost as Daryl, hit all the big shows, Matthew Fox as the governor.
4: <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, that's uh, ridiculous. William Shatner, he's like 75. <laughs> <laughs> Edward James Olmos as Daryl, maybe when he was 20. So-
4: I
3: love the thought of William Shatner. <laughs> Rick. Rick.
2: That is actually pretty cool.
3: That makes me so happy.
2: <laughs> Old, bloated guy. <laughs> if they did do a movie of The Walking Dead, I would want it to be where it came out in the summer and it was an episode of the show like the X-Files movie did with all of the actors that we know, not a remake or something like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or Firefly did that also. Yeah. Serenity.
2: Yeah, like that. That <clears throat> yep. would be so cool, man. I would I would mm-hmm. watch it. I would go. Yep. <laughs> All right, that's it for the news now. It's time for listener moans, groans, and groans.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want
1: to go first?
3: Sure. This first one comes from Paula Hopper who writes Tractor scene sucked. I thought it was totally stupid that tractor crushing that car is definitely is getting filed in the department of the suspension of disbelief. Well, we haven't visited that department in a while. Carl and Enid's kiss was awkward, even more so than Rick and Michonne's lol. I was totally giddy and smiling from ear to ear when Maggie said her full name, Maggie Ree, LeSai. I miss Glenn.
2: Lasai. <laughs> <Le-sci. laughs> Well, you got to go watch that YouTube video, Paula, about the, the smashed up cop cars, and then let me know what you think. Reema Joe says, not my favorite episode this season, but I thought there were some good moments. I loved Stephen Ogg' great performance, and I enjoyed how he made Gregory squirm. Yep, Gregory's still a jerk. I liked it when Maggie slugged him. Very satisfying. <laughs> yep. The balloons for Glenn, that made it all real again and was heartbreaking. The bit with Carl and Eden was not great, but I understand they had to get Carl in the back of that truck, so I won't complain too much. Best part, I could watch Jesus shimmy down that pole all day. Finally, got to see some ninja action, and it was hot as fuck. Ne- <laughs> need more Tom Payne in future episodes.
4: <laughs>
3: see, I think he was locked. I think they locked the doors from the outside or something. That's why. I mean, can you even can you even lock the door from the outside? It's so weird somebody please explain that yeah to me. somebody explain I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty stuck here hmm. maya suzuki writes i actually was so ready for this episode last week felt like an epic poem on constipation <laughs> <laughs> super thumbs up for the three nasty women sitting at the table together in strength resilience and solidarity and those green balloons oh my heart <laughs>
2: My friend Chris wrote an epic poem about a fly that's like a hundred pages long. I need to read that. Wow! I, I know it sounds crazy, but um, I have a feeling it's entertaining because he's a entertaining it, guy, brother. Teresa Abella Grahlberg says, I like this episode, how it was focused on Maggie and Sasha and how they're dealing with the death of their loved ones. Some people may not like the episode much, but if we don't have an episode like this, then we'd all be complaining that Maggie and Sasha weren't affected enough by the deaths. Hey, that might be a good point there. Also, I love that they are building up Maggie to be the leader of the hilltop. what mm-hmm. One- One note that necklace Jesus gave Sasha was the necklace that Rosita made for Abe last season. Ouch. Bittersweet for Sasha. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I was just telling somebody when I was a kid, I will never forget this. I was, uh, there was this kid, Jared Cogswell, who always would go steady with different girls in class. This was like fourth grade. Right. And that meant they held hands or whatever. Did I (laughs) already tell you this? No. And, um, I went up to, and and everybody, all the girls liked him. And I went up to this girl, Tracy, who I kind of had a crush on. And I was like, hey, did you hear Jared Cogswell was making out with Vanessa in the crossing guard room? And she (laughs) just got this sour look on her face and walked away. And some other guys all, oh, good job, dude. She totally has a crush on him. And I was like, oh, sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Is the moral of that story that, that some guys get all the girls?
2: I don't know. I guess That's it's just sad. Don't rub salt in people's wounds, but sometimes yeah. you just can't help it because you don't know.
3: Jesus didn't know. <laughs> He's just like you, honey. He didn't know. Yeah, he thought he was Thank doing you. something super nice. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Lee writes, love the episode, especially watching Maggie and Sasha together. Their relationship keeps building from walking to Terminus together to now grieving their loved ones together. And I love that two teenagers can still fall in love on roller skates, even in the zombie apocalypse. Get it, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Get it.
2: Yeah, I liked reading that because it reminded me of they're having a good long friendship here. Yeah, so that's cool. John Ben says the last scene with Maggie, Sasha and Enid sitting around the table holding hands reminded me of the sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> Not that like I've ever seen that movie or whatever.
3: It's OK. You can <laughs> see that movie, John. You're you're man enough to see the sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> Mofevo says hope Karen enjoyed her week off and hope all the hope in this episode has Karen back in the co-host seat. P.S. Carl needs a haircut.
2: <laughs> here, here.
3: <laughs> I love Carl's beautiful, long, luxurious. <laughs> That's the locks. only thing
2: keeping her on this podcast. His
3: hair—it's hair. a whole <laughs> character.
2: It mm-hmm. needs its own special contract. <laughs> Ashley Renfro says, "Not really into it. Just felt a little silly to me. The music was weird. Gregory was weird, and the rollerblading was weird. I am happy that they stopped the one storyline episode trend, though. Yes. I don't blame you for feeling that way."
3: Yeah, I like multiple episodes bleeding into each other, please. And maybe not literally bleeding. There this will is be. from <laughs> this is from Fran Bernstein who writes
4: <laughs> She
3: actually wrote that. Most boring episode so far. I love seeing Maggie, Sasha, and Jesus, but nothing happened. Best part was the look Jesus gave Carl at the end. Other than that, a big dud.
2: Mm-hmm and rebecca louise says another great episode tonight i love xander berkeley's excellent portrayal of gregory it's like he has crawled out of the graphic novel and is sliming his way onto the screen (laughs) love the scene of sasha and jesus taking down the zombies did you see the midair ninja kicks from jesus yeah Mm -hmm. awesome also love seeing trevor i mean simon toying with gregory my favorite gta character coming to life in my favorite show it doesn't get much better than this As for the ending with Carl on his way to the Savior's compound, as a reader of the comics, I'm so excited for what's to come with that storyline. Heavy breathing. This season is so... uh, Me too, man. I can't wait. This season (laughs) is so strong, it's like we're being rewarded by AMC for sticking with Fear the Walking Dead all summer. Like when my mom would only let me eat pudding if I'd eaten all my Brussels sprouts first.
3: (laughs) God, you know what? I gotta tell you, I love Brussels sprouts.
2: Oh, you should watch Fear the Walking Dead then
3: yeah <laughs> that's
2: their new marking com- <laughs> campaign it's good for you
3: it's as good as brussels sprouts Here, have
2: it with a little mayonnaise
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny rick uh, Mon- montalvin montalvin yeah uh, you, the, it's you like keep ricardo hard ones. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> rick Montovan. The Carl and Eden stuff was cringeworthy, and the fight scenes were kind of edited clunkily. Eh,
4: maybe. Clunky.
2: Robin Cooper Simon says, the episode was ridiculous. The writing was off the charts bad. It was so soapy and dramatic that I was sure Jesus was going to call Gregory dad in a heated moment, <laughs> just like uh-huh. said.
3: <laughs> Jessica Rhodes says, can someone please kill Gregory off? He is the worst. I mean, really. Did he take up acting yesterday? I'm cringing at his performance. <laughs>
2: There were a lot of people that stuck stuck up for him after that, but I. Different strokes, there's man. There's a lot of emails here. Lynn Pulchritudinous. Oh, I was trying to get to give this one to you because Lynn, Lynn
3: Pulchritudinous Malinowski. Yay. <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> says Lynn, as I baby. finally
2: get a kiss between Rick and Michonne. I can I can believe in, and we end up with <laughs> yes. Enid Carl awkward kiss to take its place. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, sweet. but
3: teenagers are supposed to be all awkward with their kisses. <laughs>
2: All right, let's take a little break and talk about our next and final sponsor. That's Distilled. Distilled, well, you shouldn't have to stretch your budget to buy jeans with a little give. High-end denim can cost hundreds of dollars, but bargain brands don't offer the same level of style and comfort. So that's what Distilled is all about. It's about making it affordable to get really, really nice high-end jeans. Distilled spelled D S T L D has revolutionized the fashion industry with their timeless luxury grade denim. So you get jeans that would normally cost you hundreds starting at just sixty five dollars. They get rid of those excessive markups by refusing to work with middlemen, so they ship directly to you free shipping they guarantee the fit so they'll send you a new pair until you get just the right perfect pair of jeans that you want and distilled jeans are built to last and they'll be a staple in your closet for years i got mine months ago and i love them and they're in my rotation and anytime i want to look especially good i'll put those on and they they look good and they feel great and they're nice and stretchy and mm. just now in time for the fall season, you can pair them with a new jacket because they also have men and women's denim and leather jackets. And those are available with the same superior quality and effortless style of all the other distilled products. But I like them because they just have a few things. So you can go on there to distilled.com. That's com, and check out all their stuff really quickly and see you can get a real good sense of their style.
3: And they're—I gotta say—again, they make great gifts. My my friend uh, Sarah Lynn, who saw my bomber jacket, said, "Oh man, I'm going on the website." She did, and she ended up ordering a jacket for her husband.
2: That's awesome. Did you tell her yeah. to use our code?
3: Yep. Nice. She was like, "She's like, I'm all over it, Karen." <laughs> yeah, that's so, really cool. That's all right, baby.
2: And we got this email from listener Avelino who said, Hello, Jason and Karen. I heard your advert for distilled jeans on last week's podcast and decided to order a pair while taking advantage of your $10 discount. They just arrived and are awesome. I'd been shopping around for denim for a couple of months now and couldn't believe the prices a lot of companies charge. The raw denim jeans I ordered look awesome and feel perfect right out of the package. Thanks for getting them as a sponsor, Avelino. That sounds like some marketing dude wrote it, but I swear <laughs> one of our customers <laughs> actually wrote that to us. So I thought that was great. Thank you for that sharing was great. that. Yeah. So if you go to distilled.com slash deadcast right now, you get $10 off your first order. That's DSTLD.com slash deadcast for $10 off right now. That's five letters, DSTLD.com slash deadcast. Thanks, distilled.
3: Thanks, distilled. Okay. This one comes from Rob Keith from LA, who writes, I'm a bit confused as to why the hilltop is afraid of exposing Maggie and Sasha. The saviors obviously knew Alexandria was going there for the calculated roadblocks in the season six finale, but both uh, and, and both were there for the punishment lineup. Yeah. It's weird.
2: I mean, I, yeah, I never really got how the saviors knew to set up those roadblocks. I thought, I mean, they couldn't have known that Maggie was going to need to go no. to a doctor and bring everybody in Alexandria with her. So I thought right. it was just like, OK, we are homing in on these guys. They've been causing us trouble. So let's just set up a perimeter and wait until they come out for their supply runs or whatever. I thought it was something like that. Um, I don't know if they knew specifically that they had or a re- re- relationship is a spy. with uh, Hilltop or is a spy. And I'll, a lot of listeners are <laughs> right write to us about that and say right over the last like three years i would say or however long enid's been right. on the show
3: <laughs> yeah i know she's a
2: spy i know it. it's gonna come
3: out
4: i know <laughs> <laughs> yep
2: and next from ashton dotson that's a great name uh regarding why the cut off hands remember there was
3: uh-huh. on the statue. statue yes i told you about that
2: yeah okay cool I, sometimes you don't remember the things you tell me.
3: I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes, all Ashton the time.
2: Ashton <laughs> says, I wish I could find the source material where I first learned this, but do you remember the statue with the cutoff hands hanging from it at the Savior's compound? In medieval times, this is what they did with the cut off hands of thieves as a warning to others to not steal.
3: Creepy. Well,
2: that might be what that was about.
3: Ew. Still very creepy. Mm-hmm. This is from Monica like West. It. And by the way... Thank you, Ashton Dotson. And you're right. That is a fun name to say. Monica West writes, Hi, Jason, Karen, and Duncan. I just found your series. My name is Monica West. I'm a filmmaker in a recent transplant from New York to San Francisco. When I did a search for the best San Francisco-based podcast to listen to, The Bold Italic sent me to you. Listening to my first episode now with the slip that dick down your throat opener. Shocking. Amazing. Also, Karen, I hope you're enjoying your rest. (laughs) Admittedly, I'm scared as shit of The Walking Dead. I knew I would never sleep again when I saw that girl with the pink bunny. (laughs) It's funny. That's like a shout out to season one. Yep. Though I thought you might like to know that my friend Michelle Eng, Ung, who was nominated for an Emmy for her work as Alex on Fear the Walking Dead this year, plays a lead role in the Bay Area-based series I created called The Best Thing You'll Ever Do. We premiered in New York recently at the Brooklyn Web Fest and won the the New Hollywood Emerging Voices Award. Wow. It was pretty exciting. In any case, we'll be so pumped up if you want uh, wanted to shout out Michelle and... Uh, and or the series on The Walking Dead cast. Many thanks in advance for considering it. Wow, that's so cool. So that's um, that's the best thing you'll ever do series. Is that right? Is it a, is it a yeah, web series? Yeah, it's a web series. Oh,
2: that's should so we, cool. Should we shout it out? No, I'm just kidding. We just did. Um, we just Yeah, I, I guess if you search for that, best thing you'll ever do, you'll find it.
3: Oh, that's so great. I can't wait to just to um, search it. Thanks, Monica.
2: Okay, so now the next four emails are sort of a point counterpoint to listeners who are reacting how you and i have had different opinions and perspectives on the whole season this year basically negan and the storyline of the saviors and all that stuff so i thought it would be interesting to read what people say about that so christian crabtree says hi guys i was a little sad not to have Karen today on the cast that was last week when Duncan was on I love you Duncan but I love having a female take on everything going on and someone who does not know the comics and does not know what to expect moving forward Karen I know you didn't like this episode (laughs) and you're not enjoying Negan as a female viewer and someone who's not read the comics I also find this hard for our leaders saying that our group has its strongest people in each camp Maggie is at Hilltop Carol and Morgan at the kingdom even Mm. Daryl at Negan's camp They will fight. They will come together and defeat Negan and Lucille. I believe Rick is taking a chapter out of Carol's book and showing Negan what he wants to see. His hands were twitching on the bat. There's fight left in him. He will win. Hope that uplifts you. (laughs) I missed you
3: today. Oh, that does uplift me. That's great. Thanks, Kristen. That really, really makes me happy. And you're, you're absolutely right. We do have our strongest people at each of the camps. I love it. That's great. That's perfect. I I feel good about that. So thanks. This next one comes from another Kristen, Kristen Longbaugh, who writes, Longbaugh, sorry. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for today's podcast. It was really hard for me to listen to the Walker Stalker podcast and read the forums on AMC. Seems like people were a little negative on this episode. Like they just can't stand our heroes not being badasses. Um, this season. I'll admit this is not my favorite episode either, but I love that you guys backed up this episode by saying that the harder we fall, the higher we can rise up. I love that. I have been behind this season 120% because I know it will have a huge payoff. I know it. I know Rick is biding time by being compliant. I 100% believe he is carefully planning and waiting to see a crack in Negan. And yes, the mention of Judith and Shane does prove that he is a smart, patient man. Back in the day, I remember Rick told Shane, it took everything I had not to knock your teeth in when he found out about Lori. That's a strength, not a weakness. He is absolutely practicing his strengths right now. Great podcast this week. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's nice. Do you, do you awesome. think he's
2: doing that? Uh he's pretending and biding his time?
3: Uh, if he is pretending he's doing a good he, he's doing a good job. Yeah. Um I think part of him probably is biding his time and there is some hidden the hidden stuff going on, but I think there is also part of him that has been, you know, shaken yeah. to his core.
2: Yeah, I mean I would if he's just like Alright, you guys, I was just fooling and I have this great plan. That would um be pretty uh cliche, I would say. I I would prefer it if he was maybe there's a part in his mind where he thinks maybe, but he's also just like, Well, on the other hand, maybe not. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, I think the 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 spark of rebellion will grow in him as time goes on. All right, I let's hope, see it. Okay, Paul Guglielmo says, I love your show. Thank you for what you do each week. I got to tell you, for some reason, I'm bugged that Karen is poo-pooing this season. I mm. I think this season is so vital to the growth of our heroes. Seeing them hit rock bottom like this is going to make their climb back up the mountain so much sweeter. Didn't Miley, Miley Cyrus say it's the climb? <laughs>
4: Did I don't she? know. <laughs> I, I
2: think uh, I just think her lack of enthusiasm right now is like when a sports fan's team stinks and they don't watch any games because of it. Then a couple of years later, when that team gets good, they're decked out head to toe in their team's gear, buying tickets to the game, Aww. and calling themselves diehard fans. You're not a diehard fan unless you stick through the thick and thin.
3: You know, I hear that, and I, I I think you're you've got an excellent point, Paul. You really do. Um I hear that, and it, I feel like it's not that I, it's not that they're down. It's not it's not that that I'm that makes me that was hard for me to talk about last week. It was that I didn't like the episode because I hated the oppressor. It's not that I hate the oppressed. I love my team still. I just hate that there's a big bad guy with a bat bashing in their heads. Yeah. Like and, if your baseball team started
2: bashing in each other's hen- heads, then you might right. go home.
3: <laughs> if somebody, if another team, if the, if the Boston Red Sox came and they started bashing in the San Francisco Giants' heads, I told and we named our cat Posey, okay? So I really, really love the Giants, and that would be bad. You keep going it, to the games? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no it would be a bad thing you're not a true fan that's probably true (laughs) thank Thank, you though that's it you're absolutely right
2: uh oh your turn
3: Okay, and this is from Emily Williams, who writes, Dear Karen, I am also really struggling watching this show. I may just give up on it, or I might just skip the season. Either way, I don't think I can listen to the podcast without you. I like Jason and the other guy, Duncan, uh, but I also need someone to be horrified at how truly fucked up it, it all is. I feel like it is turning into torture porn. Obviously, it always straddles that border, but... I can't brush it all under the table because Negan has some funny one-liners. I can appreciate a few of Negan's one-liners, and I do love a good villain. I prefer a Dalek to the doctor any day. Still, I feel like without your voice, the podcast is too one-sided. I miss you today. Anyway, if you decide to drop off the show, I totally understand. Honestly, I might just drop it too, but... If you decide to stay and feel like um, sharing how terrible you think the show is becoming, know that I would be cheering you on. Um, There have been more like me out there. Lots of people... Like the zombie genre as social justice fans, Romero's movies are um, all about examining the big isms. Night is racism, dawn is racism, consumerism and sexism, day is militarism, land is corporatism. I'm not saying you have to examine and dissect everything, just that not being okay with this plotline is a valuable and needed perspective. Wow, Emily, thank you so much. That's great. I appreciate that. I feel validated. Thank yeah
2: you. I was really happy we got that and I I think it's it's it, on one hand I think it's really cool that we got those last two one person who is like come on get with the program it's great and the other person's mm-hmm. like well no mm-hmm. I want you to um I need the perspective of someone who is uh, not on board with this stuff so my hope is that well now you have us both so um you know, yes. and Karen, like I mentioned last week, you and I talked about this and we're like, no, don't pretend to like it if you don't, just tell say the truth. That's what that when yes. I say that, it just feel has me feeling energized. Yeah, say the truth. Oh, Some people don't God. like it, then and too free. bad. Right. <laughs> but um right. but I think it's cool that you and I both have different opinions about this because so do our listeners and the only thing I hope is that I still get to geek out about (laughs) when Negan (laughs) I think is just so bad that Uh horrible that it's funny Uh, and I know some people might be offended by that but hopefully um, I mean like that applies to me too I'm gonna say my truth and I want you to say your truth and then let the chips fall where they may.
3: And uh, to quote Jesus, we're all going to be one big, happy, dysfunctional <laughs> family.
2: Right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for writing all that stuff in. We have a few calls. This one is anonymous.
1: Ow! Guess yeah. who this is? Boom. <laughs> 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 remember who I am? Well no. remember Who I am. Um anyway. <laughs> You know who I am. I don't even need to introduce myself, okay? So, what I'm going to say right now is, I, I started watching Walking Dead again, okay? I stopped about two years ago. I stopped like halfway through yeah. season four because I wasn't, I wasn't loving it. I just kind of fell off the the wagon, you know what I mean? I fell off of it, and then I jumped back onto it two years later about, you know? So I was halfway through season four. I just finished it. I just got into season five. A little terminus action. Boom! I'm still really far behind! I'm two seasons and a couple episodes behind, but I'm I'm coming back, bro. I'm coming back, bro. Yo, Karen. Um, I still love you, okay. I still feel. Oh, like I you love feel, you too. Based on Aww. your voice, your face is gorgeous, just based on the sound of your voice, okay? Does that make sense? Mm. It doesn't make sense, okay? You <laughs> understand? <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm liking it, um. <laughs> You know, I still have some problems with it, like the writing, you know, um, <laughs> that's dumb all. things happen. Just the writing. You know? So, so for all yeah. you people that have, you're all up to date, well, let's go back to a, a little scene where um, Rick's under the bed, right? He's hiding under a bed in this house, and this oh, yeah. guy's like, hey, I want to use that bed. One of the dudes that's walking around, I, I want to sleep there. And then like, the other guy's like, no, I, I, I'm sleeping here, dude. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to murder you. <laughs> that makes sense. He murdered him because he wanted to sleep in the bed. That is so stupid, oh, yeah. man. The reason why they did yep. that was just so that they could put in that scene where the guy's choking on the ground, and he's looking at um Ricky. Tr- he sees that he's under the bed, and he's like, Oh, snap, dude. Don't keep choking me because there's a guy under here. Literally... They made him murder that dude just for that one moment yes. of tension. That is so dumb. True. Sorry, mm. I'm sorry, but no, seriously. <laughs> a lot of dumb things like that they write in a lot, um, dialogue. A lot of it's stupid and just like moments that just don't make sense. I just like, what? why? Like, why did that occur? Why did that? Why was that written? That's stupid. But anyway, I still like the show. I don't really know why. <laughs> but I like it I I like the premise I like the whole Survival aspect I like how They're discovering New places I was getting tired Of the prison I was really excited To see You know what's up With Terminus uh, And the only thing About that is It's like Dude could they have Like enjoyed it For like a day or two But no The second Mm-mm. they get there It's like true, dude It's like this Yes I mean come on. You know what I mean I, I do I want to Find a good place I mean, you know what?
2: He got cut off <laughs> he he did a <laughs> part two It's shorter I'm going to play it Here it goes
1: <laughs> Your your phone cut me off You know I was talking Okay. So you kind of interrupted me there a little bit Anyway what I was going to say is One thing that I like about Walking Dead Is that it made me think of Of this, this question I have Of what's the best Where's the best place to live during a zombie apocalypse
2: That's it he got cut why. <laughs> <laughs> so anything to say about
3: that wow uh the best place to live in a zombie apocalypse is hawaii because it's always the best place to live or singapore uh too many people Mm, scotland that's my new or just do what
2: robert kirkman said he would do and jump off a bridge
3: (laughs) No, no that's defeatist and also the writing, the the do not fear anonymous. By the way, you look great in that color, and wow, uh, your outfit amazing. Um, <laughs> the writing's really uh, gets better and better.
2: After terminus, yeah, yeah. I thought so.
3: I mean, I love I loved the whole terminus. Me thing. too,
2: man. That was the best. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> I never thought about that. You killed him just because you couldn't sleep in his bed. Right.
4: <laughs> they were
3: bad men. They yeah, were really bad, bad men.
2: men.
3: <laughs> uh, those were the wolves?
2: Yes. No, those were the claimers.
3: Claimers. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, yeah. He claimed the bed. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> okay. Here is Anwen from New Zealand.
5: Hi, hey guys. It's Anwen here from Anwen. Dunedin, New Zealand. Um, This episode... Kind of made me laugh, and I'm not sure if it was really supposed to, but um, yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, Gregory, I guess, um, <laughs> he's such a sniveling groveller, and <laughs> Megan's deputy, I can't remember his name, but he was hilarious. I loved him. Um, the other funny parts I thought was I kept laughing whenever they said anything to do with Jesus. They were just such funny lines. What do you want, Jesus? And Jesus, Sasha's all by herself. And my favourite one was, honey. I'm talking to Jesus. <laughs> oh, was quite a classic. Um, the roller skates, that was awesome as well. They find these roller skates on the side of the road, Carl and Enid, and they just roll happily down the street together. And I thought that was very cute, and it was a nice kind of cute puppy love in the apocalypse moment. But I've mm. played roller derby, and um, I've seen people oh. snap their ankles on a perfectly smooth, flat track. So yes. skating down the road amongst all those leaves and twigs maybe not such a good idea anyway yes. um keep up the good work i love listening to you guys each week and um look forward to hearing your feedback
3: on this episode bye oh boy Enwin. oh she's mm-hmm. wonderful call back anytime
2: <laughs> yep we pretty much agreed with everything you said yes and then we have patricia from san diego
0: Hey, guys, this is Patricia from San Diego, a big fan of the show. I wanted to make a couple of comments I hope you appreciate. Um, number one, spot on about the abuse, the type of abuse that Negan dishes out. Um, a couple more things you might want to note as you're going through the uh, PTSD and <laughs> psychological abuse uh, vocabulary, something called flying monkeys and another thing called gaslighting, both of which Negan is employing pretty well. Um, You can find all that online, I'm sure.
2: I didn't hear the second thing she said, but she said flying monkeys, which is about narcissist enablers who are friends, family members, pastors, counselors could be anybody around the narcissist that sort of takes on their, uh, takes their side. Yeah. So apparently that's, that's a phenomenon that happens.
3: I I think she said gaslighting. Oh, we'll have to look that up. I don't know. Yeah, and that's from that movie, Gaslight. That's with I want to say Betty Davis. Am I I completely wrong about that?
2: I don't know, Patricia. And I think
3: gaslighting somebody is like you're taking over their identity or something. Okay, I could be. Yeah, because
2: I think her point is just to to explain why all these other people would be assholes, just like Negan, who are around him.
3: Right, and they've assumed his personality. That is exactly right. They're sick of monkeys. That's great.
2: And here's the rest
0: Another comment that I had about um, the woman who's leading one of Megan's troops Um, Here's my suspicion and this is because I have PTSD from psychological abuse Uh, My thinking is not so much that he respects women but more that he's positioning certain women so that those who are abused feel like they did something wrong and if they corrected it, they could also lead. Um, That's kind of a typical toy that these guys use to throw you off guard um, and keep you off balance, I guess. So those are my, my two cents, and I hope to see what happens tonight. Thanks. Thanks, Patricia.
2: Yeah. So, would she say that um, the reason she was saying the reason why ne- one of Negan's lieutenants is a woman, that girl from last week's episode? Uh huh. Because uh-huh. he uses that to manipulate the other women to feel like if they did right by him, maybe they could get into a position of to power too. Basically, just playing people off of each other. Right. But it's interesting to me that you suffered PTSD and you're watching the show, and uh, I'm curious if you ever feel like, oh, it's too much. It sounds like you're actually really into it, so. Yeah. Maybe that means that you're you're feeling healthy.
3: Patricia's got it together.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and then we have one more call really quick here. Carl. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) We got some Rick.
1: Carl.
2: (laughs) Carl. All right, now it's time for next week on The Walking Dead
3: next week on the walking dead season 7 episode 6 the title is swear and the um the description is a new community is discovered a slightly longer description is somebody's someone stumbles upon a brand new society and this society is unlike anything seen before (laughs) swearing Mm -hmm. undoubtedly ensues
2: i swear (laughs) it is i swear I swear. Different.
3: So I saw a preview for next yeah. week, and we get to see um, our old friends. We haven't seen in a long time, Tara and Heath. And apparently, it's only been two weeks. Can you believe it? Since Tara and Heath left Alexandria, is that crazy?
2: Uh, yeah. It's hard to keep track of time with these things. It really Sometimes seems several like episodes been... can be yes over a couple of days.
3: It seems like, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's only been two weeks since Tara and Heath left Alexandria, which is crazy. (laughs) So um, they're talking about, um, do we leave? Do we not? uh, Do we go back? We don't really have that much. They've been scavenging and they haven't found a whole lot. Um, Heath is traumatized by the raid on the sanctuary outpost and and, and, uh, doesn't seem very happy at all. On the other hand, um, I believe Tara says that we should keep going and see what we can find. Another preview shows a girl and a woman on a beach and it looks like a nice little East Coast beach and the girl's Mm. very stabby and um, she's um, stabbing the the sandy zombies in the head and nearly stabs Tara who is washed up on the beach. And the woman says, this one's still alive. Is
2: Tara, so Tara's just like, unconscious and mm-hmm. of, in bad shape oh, and almost and
3: almost stabbed by the little girl yep
2: because i so. saw the one with heath and tara and i i couldn't pay attention i was so bored by it <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it was only like a minute and a half long wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was hoping Woo. in the context of the episode it would be better but uh I was we're going to the beach yeah but I, i'm glad to see them i like me I like too heath and tara and uh when i was mispronouncing Alana's name I was at the question I was asking was uh, how she felt about did she feel left out because she wasn't in the lineup with Negan you know yeah and she said that she was actually supposed to be in that lineup but she wasn't because she got pregnant Oh yeah. so that means that this episode is also you know I I think if she hadn't gotten pregnant then this episode wouldn't be happening
3: yeah I I hope she had her baby and all as well I mean the baby's probably what in college I mean it's been a (laughs) long time
2: Yeah I think the baby's I I don't think the baby's even one year old yet I don't know but she yeah she's good It's all good (laughs) Good (laughs) All right, that's our show episode 242 Thanks for listening everybody
3: Thanks everybody
2: So did you succeed in having fun doing the podcast Even though you hate the show now
3: all that, did you, did, were you uh, fooled by all that fake laughter? <laughs> no. I had a great time. I always do. I love talking I to you, no matter what.
2: Uh, if you want to talk to us, you can reach us at 650 485 Dead. That's 650 485 3323.
3: You can email us at brains at podcastica.com.
2: You can find us on the web at podcastica.com or facebook.com slash deadcast. That's a good place. Another place that you can get even closer is through our Patreon. We are doing this whole Patreon campaign. You contribute a certain amount a month to help support what we do. And as a bonus, we have great rewards. Some of you guys are contributing at $25 a month, which is totally incredible. Thank you so much. We just got Thank a new you. one today. That's incredible. Um, but there's great rewards at all levels uh, starting from just $2 a month. And one of the rewards is you get to come into our uh, private Facebook group, which is a lot of fun and people can post directly to the page. So there's a lot of back and forth going on on there. And that's been, that's been really great. I'm glad to see that people are really active on there.
3: Yeah, me too.
2: So if you want to check it out, see what's available, Throw us some support. We're off to a really good start and we want to keep it going. So check it out at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jason and Karen. All right. That's our show.
3: Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get bit it bit. Lindsay Lee. For this new morning with its light, for rest and shelter of the night, for health and food, for love and friends, for everything that goodness sends. And uh, to quote Jesus, we're all going to be one big, happy, dysfunctional family. Amen.